morning, good afternoon, good evening, North Stream. We're already this. Eagle Eyes on Tech. I am Eagle Falcon. Oh boy. Do we have a lot to talk about today? I say that every week. Mostly because every week I have 30 plus stories, but. Oh boy. Do we have a lot to talk about? One story we do have to talk about. It, it, it quickly went from less of a tech story to more of a social story. It is absolutely fascinating and also saddening what happened with a ransomware attack. We'll get to that later on, but first, I didn't know where to put this story, so we're just going to open with it just to say Xiaomi is no longer blacklisted by the U.S. government. I have been saying since the new administration took over that, in fact, you're going to start seeing a lot of the pressure against Chinese company, companies companies start to loosen. I've been saying that over and over and over again. We are starting to see that now. And for those, for the immediate future, that's great. That means that most likely the tariffs that caused a lot of our electronics to boom in price are going to vanish. Little did I know when I made that prediction there was going to be a massive chip shortage that made the 20% price hike on a lot of electronics looks like absolute child's play. So, I mean, yay? I guess Xiaomi isn't blacklisted. Huawei, however, still is. I don't know if that's just... I will say whatever the current administration does with Huawei is going to say a lot. Because there has been a lot of very, very sketch behavior out of Huawei in, in the last three years that has been unearthed. That's going to say a lot. Xiaomi, that blacklist seemed almost precautionary. There hasn't been a whole lot of hard evidence against Xiaomi, unlike Huawei. So, we have that. But again, time will tell down the road. In the immediate future, in, in the immediate now, it means nothing! <laughs> Literally nothing, because the tariff is still in place. So no price is going to go lower. Not that it matters, because almost all electronics is unobtainium, since the chip shortage has basically made all mainstream electronic devices, with some minor exceptions, basically prime scalper bait. So... Yay! All right, let's talk about the cyber attack. <gasps> All right, so. I actually don't recall. I think we talked about it briefly last week. Like the story was just breaking as we were talking about it on Eagle Eyes on Tech, but I'm not 100% sure. Regardless, the whole story has pretty much developed. There was 
a ransomware attack on one of the major fuel pipelines that supplies pretty much the entire southeastern coast of the United States. The company that was hit was Colonial Pipeline. And, well, basically it caused um, a bit of a spike in the price of fuel down in that area. And And it caused a lesser spike across the rest of the country just out of A, fear, and then B, since fuel could not be piped into that section of the country, that means it has to be shipped there via truck, which is more expensive than piping it in. I know. Shocking news. But this gets more interesting error. One thing that started popping up from this is, of course, that fear aspect I talked about. Not just the companies that are fearful that the supply of fuel is going to dry up so the price goes up a little bit to make sure they can make ends meet. But then there's also the consumer fear. The hoarding mentality. And there was a bit of that... But then came, of course, the flood, underlying flood of images of people putting gasoline in pretty much any container they could. Boxes, plastic bags, and you know what the best part was? the overwhelming majority of these images were from 2019. Yeah. No joke. And then, of course, you see these images flood your social media feed You either do one of two things. You either go, no. No one could be that dumb, right? Or you panic and then go out and then start hoarding gasoline yourself, which then actually causes hoarding mentality to be way worse than it actually is in reality. And then, of course, if you're th- if you're then panicking even more, you then start doing irrational things like trying to fill a garbage bag with gasoline. By the way, I have no idea how the heck people actually planned on taking gasoline from their garbage bags or worse, their freaking grocery bags, which could barely hold the weight of gasoline as it is, and put it into a vehicle. At work, we actually have a special... Uh, It's like a giant uh, siphon we actually use to go ahead and fill various heaters and containers and whatnot. You could use that. I don't know if all these people had something like that. Up here in the Midwest, that sort of device I just mentioned 
is like $3 at a hardware store and is used specifically to pump kerosene from a container into a turbo into a torpedo heater. And then of course there is just as someone mentioned in the chat, the fact that gasoline does not want to stay as a liquid. Oh no. Gasoline wants to be a gas. And by the way, the fun part is that gasoline as a liquid is not flammable. Gasoline as a gas, on the other hand, whoo boy! That, that is flammable. Very, very flammable. Which then, of course, caused reports that I am not sure are real or fake of cars that were hoarding gas and then spontaneously combusted because there were two 55-gallon garbage bags in the back of gasoline that then, of course, popped open because they're garbage bags and not meant to actually hold a liquid as dense as gasoline, or you know, it turned into a gas and then popped it that way, which then, you know, ignited in one of pick a pick a method again i am unsure if they are real or not because there's been way too many people who then just wanted to go ahead and just post things for the sake of posting things including some pictures that i am very convinced are faked or staged or just Done intentionally stupid just for attention, such as people filling up cardboard boxes with gasoline. Do I need to explain why that won't work? It's not going to work. Or probably my personal favorite. A woman posing to about to fill a laundry basket with gasoline. That one, I am 100% certain, was staged for the purpose of trying to get attention. But again, you start seeing more and more and more of these pictures of people desperately trying to find anything to put gasoline into. And then you start thinking, oh... This shortage is actually going to be a real problem, isn't it? What happens if I can't get get anywhere? What what happens if if we're stranded? Then you panic. And then you grab your gas containers and you top them off. Just, just be on the safe side, just in case. Just in case something seriously bad goes wrong. And that's how an actual gasoline shortage happens. Despite the fact the pipeline was only shut down for three days. That's it. It was only down for three days. But you know what? There's, but that's not the best part about this. That's one part about this that is just absolutely fascinating. From a social point of view. 
of people just between trolls actually trying to go ahead and get malicious attention and those in social media just trying to do really dumb things for the purpose of getting attention to then actually causing an actual shortage when in actuality the news could have just not reported on this and there's a decent chance no one would have ever known But now let's actually talk about the hackers themselves. The, the hacking group that actually initiated the attack called themselves Darkseid. They are a group that self-proclaims is apolitical and runs out of Russia. Yep, apolitical. And they just went ahead and attacked a pipeline infrastructure for the sole purpose of just getting a payday. I have a question. What kind of idiot thinks that attacking a piece of a country's infrastructure makes you apolitical? Either the group is stupid or they are lying. That is just the only way I can view this. But that's not the worst part about this. Oh, no, 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 no. It's not the fact that a Russian group successfully caused panic within the United States. It's not the fact that the supply line of fuel was disrupted. It's not the fact that people most likely actually did go ahead and cause serious damage to their vehicles because there are reports out there of people who in their panic had a momentary lapse of judgment and put in diesel fuel in their gasoline cars thinking, oh, hey, uh, maybe this will get me by since the gasoline's out. Nope, you just ruined your car. And of course, not to mention the people who may or may not have taken gasoline into their cars in plastic bags, which then ruptured and then set the car on fire. And hopefully no one got hurt in those incidents. It's not all that. No, no, no. The worst part, the absolute worst part about all of this, and I cannot stress this enough, the following is the absolute worst part of this entire incident. Colonial Pipeline paid the ransom. They paid... 
the people who held the apolitical group, I might add. They held the entire fueling pipeline to the southeastern section of the United States hostage. Caused mass panic. And that and that hacker group is rewarded with five million dollars. That is the actual problem here. Because now this sends the message that, yay, you know what? If you want a quick payday, just go ahead and attack large chunks of the U.S. infrastructure. This, someone in the chat saying that apparently the tool to restore it would have been much slower and caused much bigger panic. Here's my response to that. How do you not have a backup? Are you this bad at IT that you don't have a redundancy in place? That you don't have a failsafe? That is like IT 101 redundancy, 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 redundancy. Are you just that bad at your job? Someone in the chat says they ultimately used the backup method. No, they didn't because they paid them. It is quite possibly the worst possible outcome. Oh, it's even worse. So apparently they paid the hackers then their method to restore the system was so slow they just ended up going to a backup in the first place. Oh, so Colonial Pipeline is stupid. But this is according to someone in the chat, though. So, I mean, grain of, grain of salt and all that. Someone in the chat saying they are an oil company. Maybe it was just a, uh, gr- uh, a decision based on cost-benefit. Man, that's from a cost benefit point of view. I look at it this way, especially if they actually did in the end use a backup anyway. 
This is double stupid. Which means they had the solution. They had the solution. Just clear out everything. And then restore from backup. Is just. I could not. I, I cannot stress this enough. The way this was handled. Could not. Be handled. Worse. The information I just said. Was, is sourced from Bloomberg. In regards to. The Colonial pipeline. Paying the ransom. And then having to go from backup anyway because again I cannot stress this enough this has now sent the message out to literally every other hacker out there every other black hat hacker in the world to say hey You want an easy payday? Hack a piece of the United States infrastructure. Easy clap. Literally the worst possible outcome. And then, of course, you know, to close out the week, we have Ireland's healthcare system also taken down by a ransomware attack. Now, this one is still, as of this time, a still developing story. Most likely, by the time you hear this, when this podcast actually goes on the platforms, this will have been resolved. But at this time, Ireland's patient database record center is currently offline and was taken offline as a preventive measure after it was starting to suffer from a very sophisticated ransomware attack. Hey, Ireland. I know you're not listening, but, um, you know, ju- just in case you are, if I can make a suggestion, maybe, just maybe, you should uh, restore from backup and not pay the hackers who have uh, decided to hold your entire system hostage, you know, just saying. Just saying that may or may not be the right way to go. We're going to take our break here when we come back. Let's talk about Elon Musk and cryptocurrency and how we have called it from the get go. Welcome back, Eagle Eyes on Tech. I'm Eagle Falcon. 
All right. Unfortunately, um, I am not a subscriber of Bloomberg, and I do not have access to their stories. However, people in the chat have graciously provided me with screenshots from Bloomberg. And uh, it and Bloomberg is reporting that in fact the company did pay the five million dollars in quote difficult to trace cryptocurrency. No word as to what the crypto was. Considering how much, uh, actually, God, it, it's it's it'd be hard to tell which cryptocurrency it is because the thing is with crypto the instant you start trans you start selling off a large amount of crypto because the currency is so unstable it's going to cause that cryptocurrency to tank it is one of the reasons why why anytime anyone says i have 60 kajillion dollars in dogecoin yeah that's great convert that to real money You're not going to be able to convert it all to real money right away and selling off a large portion of it is going to tank the price. So, you know, you're you're 20 million in Dogecoin. You're going to end up with 300 bucks and 5,000 in Dogecoin. I just made those numbers off the top of my head, but you get the idea. That's always one of the problems with cryptocurrency. It is decentralized. That is its major selling point. Other than being untraceable and excellent for using for ransoms and other such nonsense like that. But because it is also decentralized, nothing is holding its value stable at all. But I digress. Bloomberg continued to report that the Colonial Pipeline Corporation paid nearly five million in five million to the Eastern European ha- hackers on on Friday. So this is pretty much like right away they paid the ransom. Someone familiar with the matter said that the hacking company did provide the decryption tool. However, it was so slow that they eventually just went from the backup anyway. I once again cannot stress enough. Redundancy, 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 redundancy. This is IT 101. I run an entertainment channel on Twitch, and even I have a redundancy in case my streaming computer catches fire. Even if my capture card catch, even if my capture card suddenly explodes or is freaking a ninja comes in and stabs it with a kunai, I have a redundancy for that as well. And then on top of all that, you. 
paid the ransom. You paid the ransom. Explain that to your accountant, how you burned $5 million. And then ended up not needing it anyway. That is just, I cannot stress enough how much that just blows me away in their sheer incompetence. All right, let's talk about about cryptocurrency more than we already have. So Elon Musk has uh, single-handedly just absolutely drove the crypto market bat squeak insane. So first off, Elon Musk showed up on Saturday Night Live. I did not watch Saturday Night Night Live at all because, well, I hate to break it to people, Saturday Night Live just... It is not, it is a comedy show that is funny, maybe a grand total of 5% of the time. It is absolutely sad. The shell of its former self that Saturday Night Live is. I'm just saying, Saturday Night Live reached its peak when they had Celebrity Jeopardy. That was one of the best things they've ever done. And it's just gone now. Comedy in general actually is just a hard. Uh... Right now it's comedy is just rough. But I digress. Elon Musk was on was on Saturday Night Live. I do not know how well he did. I have heard some people say he was fantastic. I have heard other people said that he absolutely tanked it. He did, however, come out and say that he did have a form of autism on Saturday Night Live, which we actually took a little bit of an informal poll with the chat. About how many people were surprised by that. And I'd, it was a, it was almost 50-50. For how many people were and weren't surprised. That Elon Musk had a flavor of autism. I personally was not. He just always had that kind of aura about it. But I'm not saying that's a bad thing. It's just a thing. But apparently his performance uh, on Saturday Night Live tanked Dogecoin. But that's not the worst offense that Elon has done to the world of crypto. Oh, no. You see, Elon Musk came to a very interesting conclusion recently. A conclusion in which that, well, independent artists came to pretty much 24 hours after the dawn of NFTs. NFTs, for those of you who do not know, is basically a way 
of putting a unique identifier on a digital piece of art, thus making a digital piece of art unique and a, quote, original. Despite the fact that being a digital piece of art, you can duplicate it perfectly every single time. Independent artists have absolutely hated on NFTs pretty much for two reasons. Uh, One, it came off as a very quick way to cash. Actually, for I said two reasons. There's actually a lot of different reasons why independent artists have absolutely hated on NFTs. One, it came off as a really easy, dumb way to try and do a quick, quick cash grab and be shameless about it. Two... NFTs, because they are supported by a blockchain, means that there is hundreds of kilowatts powering that blockchain, and thus just the existence of the NFT is consuming power at all times. And then C, and one that's actually not brought up nearly as often as it should, and I think is the bigger, quite possibly one of the biggest offenses of NFTs. There is no validation of who the artist is in an NFT. So let's say I am the biggest scum bucket on the face of the planet. And I go ahead and I head over to an artist's page and grab one of their pieces of art off Twitter and I can just go ahead take that art make an NFT out of it sell it and rake in boatloads of profit off people who decided that what I have just stolen and claimed as my own is in fact worth money there's no valid there's no level of validation at all to stop that blatant act of plagiarism I just described. None, zip zero nada. <sighs> the art community has been on this for like I said, pretty much ever since the dawn of NFTs as a whole. But here's the thing. Since NFTs are powered by the blockchain, and the blockchain consumes tons of energy, doesn't that mean cryptocurrency, just by its sheer existence, is always consuming a boatload of electricity at all times? Uh, Yes. Yes, it does. That is, in fact, what crypto mining is. All crypto mining is, is, in fact, donating your mostly GPU horsepower, but a very select few are also powered by CPU, and some are even powered by storage to support their various blockchains. Now, NFTs piggyback off an existing blockchain. I can't remember which one they piggyback off of. 
But that's irrelevant. Because in the end, they are still putting a load, not a significant one, but they're still putting a load on the blockchain, which means more power is being consumed, which means that power has to come from somewhere. Someone in chat says it's 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 piggybacking off Ethereum. Oh, wonderful. My favorite blockchain. Ethereum, for those of you who don't know, is the cryptocurrency that is almost single-handedly responsible for the GPU shortage we feel now and, in fact, is supporting all the scalpers. We'll get to... We actually have a couple updates about that later on the podcast, so keep listening. But in any case... So now you now you know kind of where the independent artists have come from. But wait, if NFTs consume a whole po- a whole lunch, a whole bunch of power and blockchains consume a whole bunch of power, doesn't that mean all crypto consumes a whole bunch of power? That's not very environmentally friendly. It's just a whole lot of energy backing basically money that is only worth whatever we believe it is. So now all of a sudden you have that whole line of thinking. Now enter Tesla. Tesla's entire goal is to completely obliterate the planet's reliance on fossil fuels. Eventually, at some point, we're going to run out of fossil fuels. Who knows when the heck that's going to be, but Tesla's whole MO is to say, you know what? Maybe cars shouldn't run on gasoline. Maybe semi-trucks shouldn't run on diesel. Maybe we shouldn't be having power plants that run on coal. That's why Tesla does an electric semi that makes no sense because there's no sleeper and the positioning is all all wrong inside the cab, which is going to really throw off just about every single truck driver out there. That definitely still needs some thought, by the way. That is why they make several different cars that unfortunately cost a boatload, but run purely on electricity. And that is specifically why just about Every single Tesla supercharger, or at, or at least all the ones they want to show off, run on solar power. And that's also why Tesla sells solar panels to try and push the world closer and closer to that goal. Keep note, I said pushing closer to that goal. To say a Tesla car is completely clean is lying to yourself, by the way, because there is still a lot of non-renewable resources that go into a Tesla car. And in fact, I hate to break it to you, but the overall majority that's going into Tesla cars is still being burned from, most likely, coal power plants or natural gas power, power plants or nuclear So, you know, Tesla is only pushing 
towards that goal. But Tesla kind of realized something. What happens if you go ahead and uh, why are we accepting cryptocurrency again that consumes a metric ton of electricity? So yeah. Tesla, despite the fact that Elon Musk has been doing nothing but praising, praising the Dogecoin, has said that they are no longer going to accept Bitcoin. Which then prompted many strong believers strong and i and by strong believers i mean they drink a gallon of the bitcoin kool-aid a day to point out that because uh, the, the the bitcoin blockchain uses a whole bunch of renewable energy and it, and it's totally safe guys it's totally safe you can't see it because it's a audio only podcast but I am deadpan staring into the camera that you can't see. First off, you are going to have a very, very hard time convincing me 100% that Bitcoin, of which the overwhelming majority of miners that support the blockchain are located in China, and by the way, China is by far the biggest burner when it comes to burning fossil fuels for electricity. They are by far the dirtiest and use the least amount of renewable energy. So articles like this one I have here from Market Watch that have been mocking everyone who has been watching the live version this whole time, whole time come off as... Uh, dumb because to try and say that uh uh, bitcoin is fine because it's using a bunch of renewable energy is a moot point when the only evidence you have is because i say so not to mention on top of all this the e-waste factor in all this Here's a factor no one wants to talk about. When it comes to mining Ethereum, at the very least, when your GPU is no longer good enough to keep supporting the Ethereum blockchain and you're and you're paying more in electricity than it costs to mine the Ethereum, you can at least sell your GPU to someone less fortunate to go play Minecraft on it. Bitcoin has not been mined with GPUs since... God, how long? Since forever, really. 
Bitcoin is mined with ASICs. These are specific chips that are that will only mine Bitcoin and other cryptocurrencies like Bitcoin. And when they consume more power than the Bitcoin they can generate, they are literal garbage. They are e-waste, and they end up in a landfill. But you can recycle them. Oh, I'm sorry. 40% of it is recycled. The remaining 60% ends up in a landfill. My bad, my bad, my bad. Heck, I have five Bitcoin ASICs. They consume a grand total of four watts each. That's actually four and a fraction, but I digress. Despite their low wattage, they will still cost me more in electricity than they can produce. Without a doubt. And that's, you know, that's silicon that could have been turned into a central compute unit for a car. It could have been turned into the control board for a microwave or an oven or a refrigerator or, you know, something else that could have been doing anything except for wasting electricity supporting Bitcoin. Just saying. The whole concept from the get-go, regardless of how efficient cryptocurrency gets, still boils down to the fact that even let's pretend we live in a fantasy world where all of... That let's say all of crypto somehow, somehow is, is done all with 100% renewable energy. And let's also pretend somehow that all the resources to get it to that point didn't impact the world at all. Let's pretend that somehow a magical fairy made it possible. You wished upon a lamp and bam. All of Bitcoin consumes has a zero impact on the power grid. You still have the waste of outdated equipment as the blockchain requires more and more and more. Instead of the metals going to coins and bills or, you know, just new debit cards as eventually physical cash is phased out in six million years or whenever. You're still going to have gold, silver, silicon that is all going into these mining units that are eventually doomed 
to be replaced, not because they died, but because they are obsolete. And then, of course, you know, all this energy could have been all this energy could have been used to do literally anything else. Needless to say, though, after going on that tirade, after Elon Musk did that, all of crypto, not just Bitcoin, all of crypto crashed. It fell like a rock. And by the way, it recovered some. But as of the time of recording this podcast, we record this on Wednesdays, crypto is going back down again. It's all trending down again. Bitcoin is back under 50,000. Ethereum dipped down below 4,000 again. Dogecoin is Dogecoin. Shiba Inu is still non-existent. So I guess we'll see. We'll see how this how, how this whole thing goes. But you know, there's not just there's not just the fact of cryptocurrency using metric tons of electricity. And no matter how much Kool-Aid you drink for crypto, it is not going to change the fact that your crypto is still built on the hopes and dreams of all of you Kool-Aid drinkers, but it's also built on the unhealthy amounts of electricity that it just sucks. And then on top of all the e-waste. Have I made this point clear? And then, of course, there's also the fact that because it's a decentralized currency and all that, there is also, you know, all these crypto exchanges that are being uh, investigated for money laundering. So, you know, there is that, too. That's not helping anything. Oopsie-daisy. So, there you go. That is my... I mean, that's pretty much how... You know what? Can, can I also just say I totally called it. Everything I've been talking about about crypto, every single little bit, week after week after week after week. All it took was one super nerd tweeting about it and actually following it up with action. To put a noticeable impact in crypto. That that just... Hmm. We'll see what happens with it. I actually did originally plan on talking about how 
everything involving cryptocurrency still seemed moot because it was starting to recover. And then yesterday and today, it then started dipping. And today it has... I would say this falls into, in a marketing term, this falls into correction territory. Except I don't know how cryptocurrency can correct, seeing as how cryptocurrency is literally, not figuratively, literally based on nothing. We're going to take a break here when we come back. We have even more to talk about. We have only touched the surface of what there is. We have Apple News, we have Google News, we have more updates on GPUs. Is there any hope for the future of GPUs in the near future? We will talk about it next. Welcome back, Eagle Eyes on Tech. I'm Eagle Falcon. All right. This almost seems like the biggest no-brainer ever. SpaceX is going to be putting Starlink ground stations in Google data centers. Real talk. Who is surprised by this? It's actually kind of a brilliant backup system. From an IT point of view, you know, what are you going to do if something terrible happens and someone accidentally puts an axe through your fiber network? Well, hey, now you've got wireless. And granted, the latency with something like Starlink, for those of you who don't know, Starlink is satellite-based internet, but it's done in a way with but it's done in a way with uh, with a satellite mesh network that it actually does provide respectable and usable data speeds. Satellite-based internet is nothing new, but it's usually just using like a handful of satellites in high orbit and the speeds are just basically you can check that emergency email and if you wait long enough you can watch a whole YouTube video if you start by dinner you can have a Netflix video already buffered out so you can watch it watch it while you go to sleep in 3 hours like Saturn, sa- satellite based internet has not been great But, you know, satellite internet's also the the ability of just saying, like, hey, where where you go, it will go. Needless to say, from a nomad's point of view, uh, cellular-based internet has been far superior for the longest time. However, Starlink, because of its high speeds, can change that. Someone in chat says they know someone who has Starlink and they are very pleased. I am very intrigued by Starlink. 
I really am. I think it could be a great boon for those who are in, like, very rural areas. And I am very interested to see the usability it's going to have for either A, nomads, or B, (laughs) right on cue, our trucker buddy in the chat, right on cue, truck drivers. I cannot wait to see what kind of potential it has. But from a data center point of view, this is a fantastic backup. Can't wait to see how it develops. So to see Starlink evolve is good. Good news. Now, with no good way to shift gears here, Aki is being pulled out of Amazon entirely because Aki, a company I have never heard of until this story crossed my desk, was apparently buying fake reviews. Here is a quick lesson for you. Maybe, just maybe, you shouldn't cheat. You know, just saying, maybe cheating's not a great idea. Maybe you shouldn't go cheat. Cheating's bad. Okay. Oh, um, and other kind of oddball news, though. Germany has placed an order on Facebook to stop collecting data on their users using WhatsApp or the app will be banned from all of Germany. Facebook, however, has responded by saying that, uh, you know, our we're ju- we're just gonna continue doing what we're doing, and uh, you know, yeah. Someone in the chat actually has a bit of an update on the Aki thing. Um. Apparently, their products were being plastered throughout the last few Prime Days. I'm not going to lie. I completely forgot about Prime Day. Until, like, one day I opened the app because I got a notification. And I saw some Anchor products on the page. I didn't see any Aki. And honestly, the Anchor products they they had on there were okay. Okay. Like they had some of Anchor's, they had they had Anchor's portable charger, the one that's that actually plugs in. That one I do like, but otherwise they had like their their low end, uh, like ten thousand watt charger with a power delivery only eighteen watts. And I debated grabbing that, but then I didn't. 
I'll just here's here's what I'll put it at. As far as USB power delivery charging goes, even if your phone only supports up to 15 watts, I still recommend getting a portable charger that supports the full 60 watt portable charging because you never know some oddball device you get down the road that does support charging on a higher wattage. In my case, I ended up getting a ThinkPad X1 tablet that actually does have USB-C charging and that requires a minimum, minimum of 40 watts USB-C charging. And the fact that I actually had the 60 watt charger meant that, oh, all I need is this charger in my pocket and just carry this tablet around and I've pretty much got a computer for all day. And that was actually a very cool, like, that, that, just having that kind of power just felt really, really awesome to have that kind of portability. What was I talking about? Oh, yeah, Germany is banning Facebook. I mean, banning WhatsApp. So, yeah, uh, well, um, if you are a uh, user of WhatsApp and you live in Germany, uh, get ready to not have WhatsApp anymore and be ready to use some other form of communication like literally anything else good luck someone in chat says icq the first thing that comes to mind is icq still around actually i thought icq no i think icq is still around well Here we go over to Google ICQ. ICQ shut. Oh, well, we have first thing that pumps up. When did ICQ shut down? Incredibly enough, ICQ has outlet its chief competitor. AIM shut down last September. Yahoo's communication bit the bullet. Messenger came to a rest in 2014. Wait, is it still around? ICQ shut down in 2019. Wah, 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 wah. But I mean, there's Signal, there's, uh, I, I, Various forms of IRC are, of course, still around. Discord, of course, is the big hotness when it comes to instant messaging each other. Zona in chat says you can apparently still get ICQ on the Play Store. Uh, The article I have here, which I have closed... says that it shut down its servers in March of 2019. 
I'm pretty sure we actually talked about it now that I think about it. I vaguely recall this now. Someone in chat has said, oh, rip ICQ, I'll switch back to Yahoo Messenger. Yahoo Messenger is also gone. I used to use a client called uh, Trillion, and that just supported like Yahoo Messenger, MSN Messenger. I see it, it supported like every single major instant messaging service at the time. I'm pretty sure they're all gone now. <laughs> If I still had one of my old laptops that had Trillion on, I'm pretty sure if I fired up, it would connect to nothing. Wah, wah, wah. But enough about apps you can't use. Uh, Signal, Discord, go ahead, go, go use it instead of WhatsApp. You should just not use WhatsApp, honestly. <laughs> like, maybe it's just my paranoia, but if... if if a messaging service is powered by Facebook, maybe, just maybe, we shouldn't use it. I'm just saying. Everything Facebook touches is either a hot garbage pile, one of the world's best spies, or both. Which, of course, brings us to quite possibly the best thing that. Wait, did I grab the wrong? Nope, I do have it. Okay. This brings us to quite possibly. The best thing that Apple has done in a long, long time, iOS 14.5. For those of you who don't know what's the big deal with iOS 14.5 is the fact that iOS version 14.5 supports optional data collection. You actually have the choice on whether your data is mined or not. We have been talking about quite a bit about how Facebook has been very, very anti iOS 14.5 because of course it ruins their whole concept of spying on you and selling you ads as a, as a result. And the adoption rate has been a grand total of 14%. Oh, wait, no. No, I'm reading this wrong. The this is the percentage of iOS users who currently allow... 14% of people who use iOS 14.5 allow opt-in rate. What is the data point I am looking for? I actually don't have it. Dang it. I had a chart that actually showed what the adoption rate of iOS 14.5 was, but I don't have it here. 
Needless to say, though, 14% of people who have iOS 14.5 actually allow tracking. That's interesting. Someone in the chat says basic iPad is fine. I am all in favor of breathing new life into a device. Heck, our punch clock at work is a first-gen iPad mini. But holy cow, a lot of the other behavior of Apple, it is, it is very hard to convince me to go back. I used to have Apple. I used to actually have an iPhone. And this whole opt-out of being tracked thing was a very compelling reason to, you know, actually go ahead and switch back. But man, you look at everything else that Apple does, the inability for pretty much anything you'd want to work or the inability for you to repair anything on your device. No prayer of replacing that battery when it dies. No prayer of of finding even a third party screen or even glass. And then of course what they do with their laptops is just as someone who used to refurbish computers, the the layout of current MacBooks and MacBook Pros, it, it, it legitimately upsets me. It really, really does. But then you look at their software, and now everything just gels together fine, and it's just... Mm, I am at constant conflict with myself. And then, of course, you have moments like this, where where this little gem leaked out in the Apple vs. Epic Games case. Yeah, that's still going on, by the way. Where there was, in fact, a 128 million iPhone hack. A hack that affected... 128 million iPhones. And of course, you know, Apple in their infinite wisdom debated on whether they should, you know, let people know. And they're just like, nah. 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 Yeah. Apple's always had a history of this too, where, you know, there's a major breach and Apple spends almost three weeks before they address it at all. Heck, they had a defect out where iPhone fours shipped out without any kind of coding on their massive antenna bar. So when you touched the phone, it instantly, and I do mean instantly short out the connection and killed 
cell phone reception. I personally actually did test this way back in the day at an iPhone store. You literally just grip the phone in the supposed death grip. It was instant. Literally instant. It took them a month to address that. And how did they address it? They blamed every other phone for sucking and then sold a case. And then also, by the way, you then started noticing iPhone 4s started actually having a clear protective coating around that antenna bar like it should have. Apple's always had this history of just failing at doing basic PR. But it's so sleek that software is just, oh, so buttery smooth. Oh, and they give this wonderful feature. Oh, and they have this, that, and the other thing. And there's all those little this and that's that just seduce you in. And of course, their products look, oh, oh, so good. But you know, when it comes to actual customer support, they are an actual dumpster fire. Not to mention the actual fan base of Apple just has the mentality of, it's not the company, it's me. It's my fault. No, you're doing it wrong. You're holding your phone wrong. Oh, you want to go in and perform basic maintenance on your desktop? Oh, no, only a certified technician should go in and service their terrible design. It is amazing how such a pretty apple can be so rotten on the inside. It really, really is. Oh, by the way, that uh, that fancy AirTag, it's already been hacked. And the hack actually does show there being a lot of great, interesting, funny potential. <laughs> Except, um, remember how there's... Uh, Remember how easy it is to track something with an air, air tag and how there's so many safeguards to make sure that uh, you can't use it to stalk someone? Well, uh, this hack could easily turn it into the world's greatest stalking tool. I'm just saying. Whoops. And of course, as someone in the chat points out, the the golden rule of hackers, once you have physical access to the device, all bets are off. Surprise! All bets were off.
I'm actually making an executive decision here, and I'm just not going to talk about. You know, I'm I'm going to call uh, talk about this very briefly. The Apple and Epic court case is becoming a giant, a, a, a just a giant cluster bleep. To the point where even the judge is having a hard time keeping tabs on everything. But it's okay, we got one more week of this nonsense. Woo! In more interesting news, though, Apple might be working on a hybrid game console. Oh, no. (laughs) Who wants this? Raise your hands if you want to go ahead and try out the Apple game. You know what? Actually, I do. I would want to try out an Apple game console just to say that I did. I'm not talking about the Pippin, the forgotten Apple game console from way, 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 way back in the day. Before Steve Jobs ended up going on. I would want to see how it turns out. Now, the sources are saying, I said hybrid game console. What does that mean? Some of the chat asks, is that like a half vampire, half werewolf? Yes, you nailed it. First try. No, a hybrid game console like the Switch. Where it's a portable gaming device, but it can go into a dock and become a de- and become a home or TV based game console because if it's good enough for Nintendo, it's good enough for everyone else, right? 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 Now that being said, I cannot tell you how many times a cool concept came up as a rumor or a patent from Apple, and it turned out not to be real. Chat is still trying to give me wrong answers as to what a hybrid game console means. No, actually, it's a flex fuel game console. It can run on either gasoline or ethanol. In order to power its gaming capabilities. Uh, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. Apple did have quite a bit of success with their uh, their Apple Arcade concept. But I think that had more to do with the fact that uh, mobile gaming is still just a giant dumpster fire. That... Uh, What would you say the percentage of uh, of mobile games are actually good? 3%? 2%? And by mobile gaming, I mean, you know exactly what I mean by mobile gaming. I'm talking about iOS or Android gaming, not Switch gaming. You know what I meant when I said mobile gaming. Don't give me that chat.
But yeah, Apple Apple Arcade really took off just because, I mean, it's a supply of games that aren't predatory slot machines. That being said, though, good news. HTC is, in fact, working on... HTC is working on a new high-powered 5K VR headset. All right. All right. Good, good, good. We're starting to see some VR headsets that aren't taken over by Facebook and are going to be an absolute nightmare because you have to sign into the stalking network or are made by Valve. Not saying there's anything wrong with Valve. I just don't like the idea of Valve being the only person out there making VR headsets that are worth anything. So HTC is going to be making a Vive Pro 2 and Focus 3. I love this plan. All right. What kind of games are we going to play on it? Well, none, actually. The HTC Vive Pro 2 is apparently for professional work. I'm kind of puzzled by what professional work is. Well, thank you, phone, for that. And all of a sudden, it just silenced. Well, that that was a fantastic interruption. A very loud and unwanted interruption there. What the heck happened? Anyway, back to the matter at hand. Apparently, HTC wants to pretend they live in a world where professionals want to use VR for design. Um, I'm not going to lie. I don't know how many designers really feel a benefit to using VR for design. I'm not going to say that HTC is full of BS, I'm going to say I legit don't know how big of a desire there is for this technology in the pro space. But, uh, you do that, HTC. I mean, HP did, in fact, make a Z station for, specifically for... VR not too long ago where it was a backpack computer with twin batteries that could power a VR headset and their Z series for those who don't know is their workstation line specifically for scientific research for CAD designers for video editors for that type of clientele so I guess it's not all that far-fetched but i am just saying that the only time i've ever seen anything remotely professional looking done in a pseudo vr sort of sort of setting is 
basically, as someone in the chat just said, and basically an Iron Man movie. And that's it. I don't know. I guess we'll just see how that goes. We're actually going to take our last, I don't know, I can't say it's our last break. We're going to take another break here, and when we come back, let's talk about chips. Delicious, delicious chips that you can't get. Welcome back, Eagle Eyes on Tech. I'm Eagle Falcon. All right. So there's no secret that uh, it is very difficult to get a hold of a GPU. This makes things even more difficult if you're building a PC. Because for those who don't realize it, um, as good as AMD Ryzen CPUs are, they are clearly the king when it comes to building a PC. They're the best performance per dollar. They are the king of the crop when it comes to gaming. They have the latest feature set. But you may not realize this. There is one thing they lack. They do not have an integrated GPU. Despite the fact the chipset supports video out through the CPU. In fact, well, one thing that actually kind of stands out on uh, on it is the fact that since we can't get GPUs right now, if you go ahead and build a Ryzen system and you're waiting on a seat on your GPU, you cannot use your computer at all. However, if you build it on Intel. You can, because Intel has a really bad GPU built into the CPU. So why doesn't AMD do it? Ah, but you see, they do. AMD, with their Ryzen 5000 series CPUs, do have versions with integrated GPUs in them. They call them APUs for reasons that baffle scientists everywhere. But these APUs are only available in pre-built systems. They will only sell these APUs to companies like Dell. To HP. To Lenovo. I'd say to Acer, but nobody cares about Acer. Admit it, even you people who have an Acer computer, you don't care about Acer. So it's a no-brainer. Why? Oh, why? Wouldn't AMD just sell these APUs to the mainstream? It's a win-win. During these, and you can actually get, despite the fact that there's a chip shortage, you can buy Ryzen 5000 CPUs 
without getting scalped. You can even buy them at MSRP. You can actually buy it at the price that you're supposed to be able to buy it. But these APUs are not for sale. Why? Why are the APUs not for sale? Well, AMD, they got us. All right? They got us. Thanks to... The Ryzen 6000 series APUs with RDNA 2 graphics built into it and Zen 3 Plus architecture. That's right. There's going to be a new series of CPU coming out eventually that will have the integrated GPU in it for you there instead of just releasing the APUs you currently have and make them available for sale. I am very curious as to why AMD, rather than just take the easy win, decides to go with this runaround way trying to build up hype. And let's be perfectly honest. Let's even pretend these new APUs launch next week. How many of you think that you can buy them next week for and not and by buy them? I don't mean buy them from the inevitable scalper. I do not understand what is with both AMD and NVIDIA in wanting to just assume that there is not a production problem. I hate to break it to them, but there is a production problem. Why do they continue to act as though there isn't? You can't just put your fingers in your ears and say la 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 and then the problem goes away. That's not how this works! They could have just taken the easy win. But as of the time of recording this, they have not. I can't even get ex- I'm not going to get excited about this GP and about this APU until it actually comes out and there's some evidence that's actually available. Meanwhile, at Team Blue, Intel is claiming that their new Tiger Lake H CPUs for laptops can beat the highest end Ryzen 9 5900HX by up to 26%. Heck, they're even going so far as to say their i5 can beat a Ryzen 9. And I want to know something. 
I want to know. What is Intel smoking? Whatever they're, whatever Intel is smoking right now, um, they need to stop. Because it is causing some serious brain damage. Th- this, this is... Look, I get it, Intel. You really, really, really want to be competitive. You really do. But, uh... Just saying we're totally better with, you know, an aging 14, or I think this is actually, I think this actually is 10 nanometers. Say that you suddenly now crack the code when the desktop equivalent couldn't. I don't know, man. Uh, I, I, I don't know until... I find it very hard to believe, but I guess uh, we'll find out by next week because these CPUs are out in laptops and are currently on their way out for everyone to buy. By the way, you are going to see a flood, an underline, a flood of brand new laptops, all because Intel has launched this new laptop line. As much as we want to say that Intel is irrelevant because they are... Nowhere near as good as AMD has become. Because AMD cannot produce and get as much of a foothold in the CPU market, Intel pretty much still controls the product cycle of things like laptops and pre-builds. So with these new laptop CPUs, you are going to see a flood of brand new laptops. And in the end... I guess we'll just go ahead and see, you know, what this is all going to bring. In addition, NVIDIA has launched their new RTX 3050 and 3050 Ti GPUs for gaming laptops. And this could bring, theoretically, according to hopes and dreams... Of bringing forth $800 gaming laptops. You know, honestly. In any other world. I would say, you know what? An $800 gaming laptop. You know, it's it's going to be lackluster. It's it's going to be pretty okay. And because an $800 gaming laptop is not new. We have seen $800 gaming laptops rocking a Core i5 and a 10 and a 1050 in there. Honestly, with the improvements that we've seen in the in the in the Ryzen 3000 in the Nvidia 3000 series, I think an RTX 3050 and 3050 Ti might actually be good. I also think that the CPU might actually go somewhere. But, um, here's what I want to know. Who is making it? No, really. 
who's making it? Who's making the, I mean, I know Intel's making the CPU. But what, is uh, Samsung going to miraculously be able to produce these uh, GPU chips when they couldn't get any other GPU chips ready for launch? When Samsung has proven so far uh, grossly incompetent in being able to produce any of the RTX 3000 series GPU chips under all previous circumstances? Yeah, I get that it's a smaller die, that it's mobile, and therefore you can build build more at once. But considering the fact that everything we have seen in the pipeline has led to a supply constraint in just getting the raw materials to make the GPUs in the first place, um, I believe that they believe they can produce these cheap gaming laptops and they won't be scalped. Here's the real question, though. How well can these GPU, how well can these laptops mine Ethereum? <laughs> the answer to that question, I have a feeling a lot of us are going to hate and that's not going to bode well for the supply of these cheap gaming laptops. But, you know, I'm going to hope for the best. But I'm going to prepare myself for the worst. I'm just saying. By the way, uh, Intel is hoping that... Uh, Alder Lake is going to be arriving in 2021 in no I'm sorry November 2021. These are going to be the CPUs that are going to feature such features as PCI Express Gen 5, DDR5 RAM, and new coolers. What This is the design that is going to be pure, and I do mean pure 10 nanometers. That's right, the unicorn! Intel 10 nanometer! The thing we have been promised since 1869! It's finally here after 10 kajillion years or whatever. 10 nanometers. It's gonna finally happen, maybe. It's a unicorn. Honestly, what's the bigger deal in all this is the fact that, first off, PCI Express 5.0, we haven't even fully adopted 4.0 yet! The more interesting thing, of course, is that this is also the dawn of Big Little. Big Little is an architectural design that 
is something we've seen in ARM and cell phones, which is ARM, for quite a while now. It's the concept of having high-efficiency cores, CPU cores that sip power, but then big, thick with 16 Cs, performance cores that'll do the raw muscle that you need when you actually go and do a real task. This is also one of the reasons why mobile phones can get such good battery life because of this big little design. So to see Intel switch to it and see it come to x86, it's going to be very, very interesting because previously all they do is what's called... Oh, God, I forgot what, what it's called. Step clock? I want to say the, the technology called step clock. Where the CPU would intentionally undervolt itself until there was a load needed. And then it would return to standard clock speed. Or sometimes, if there's enough thermal headroom, overclock itself for short bursts. To then kind of do what Big Little does. So in the end, I am going to I am going to be very curious what Alder Lake shows. And of course, can Alder Lake beat AMD? There of course is the real question everyone is asking. Now, we have some other big 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 news. MSI has accidentally confirmed the existence of a GPU you can't buy. Yeah, more rumors about the RTX 3080 Ti existing. Guess what? Nobody cares. Quick, raise the hands in the live chat. Who cares about the RTX 3080 Ti? Of course, the answer is no one. I know I didn't allow enough time for chat to react. It doesn't matter. Nobody cares. Literally nobody cares about this GPU. None. Zip. Zero. Nada. Because you know what? Literally. Not figuratively. Literally. No one except scalper bots are going to be able to buy it. And then, of course, where is it going to go after the scalpers get it? It's going to go up on eBay for exactly the same cost as your net worth. And then you have to wonder, what's more valuable? Everything you own and love or a 3080 Ti? And if you're a normal human being, you're going to say everything you know and love. You're not going to give up Mr. Schnookums to go ahead and get your GPU. But you know who is going to be dumb enough to make that decision? The Ethereum miners! You know it's going to happen! So, of course, that means the scalpers are going to, are going to of course, get their paycheck. They're going to continue scalping. The Ethereum miners are going to go ahead and pay it because, of course, it is, in fact, a small price to pay to go ahead and print even more money. So nobody cares about the 3080 Ti. And here's a spoiler alert for you. Nobody cares 
about the Radeon RX 6600 and 6600 XT? Because guess what? They too will be bought up the instant they hit the market. Oh, by the way, there's rumors of the RX of the RX 6600 and 6600 XT, more affordable versions of the Navi GPU. But guess what? You don't care. Because let's be honest, you're never going to be able to get your hands on it. Scalpers are going to beat you to it. They are not going to be in high enough demand. Dem- they're not going to be in high enough supply. They are going to end up straight onto eBay for exactly 500% of what they were originally supposed to sell for. And you're not going to go ahead and spend that kind of money for a GPU because that is absolutely ludicrous. But guess what? That those Ethereum miners, once again, they're going to want to do it because it is a small price to pay to once again print more money. Aren't chips, isn't the chip shortage great? This is what this whole thing has done. This is what the chip shortage has done to us. It has made us either not care about brand new technology that could be used for both professional and gaming use. Or at worst, it has made us upset every single time a brand new gaming card is being announced. Because it doesn't matter. You can't buy it. So what does it matter? It's the same thing with the $800 gaming laptop. If it's worth more to a scalper who sells it to to an Ethereum miner, then guess what? You won't be able to buy it. And because of the chip shortage and the fact that not enough of these things can be made to meet demand, well, then guess what? It might as well have never existed in the first place. So what if you could finally replace that GTX 1060 that's can barely play everything right now. You could have everything be prettier and ray traced and all these amazing features. Heck, the AI cores in these art in these 3000 series could be used to automatically filter out the background noise on your microphone so you wouldn't need to do what I do and have a super expensive dynamic microphone with a dedicated preamp compressor mixer DAC device you wouldn't need to do all that you could just have a GPU do all of it using AI and actually do it shockingly well oh wait no you can't because this technology basically doesn't exist By the way, Samsung is intending on launching a new Exynos-powered ARM laptop running an AMD GPU. I I don't know if it'll see the light of day. Because I don't know who Samsung... Oh, wait, no, Samsung uses themselves. Never mind, I have no faith that, that, that this thing will see the light of day. 
someone in chat says the sound filter can run on any recent card because it's a software restriction. Untrue. It will only run on an RTX 2000 series GPU or higher because it requires the Turing cores. Someone claimed that they could, in fact, get it to run on an earlier GPU and claiming it was a software restriction. They faked it using an emulation. And it was actually putting a tremendous load on the CPU in order to do the effect. I remember that one. All right, so are we thoroughly depressed now? Oh, yeah, by the way, if you were hoping that these, uh, that the chip shortage was going to be ending anytime soon, you can go ahead and get a next-gen console. If you're more of a console guy rather than a PC gaming guy, I got bad news. Uh, Sony has also confirmed what we have been saying about PC gaming, that the PS5 shortage will likely continue into 2022. Yay. Isn't it great? How wonderful. It's just fantastic. There is some hope, though. TSMC has said they are going to be pumping in tens of billions of dollars into manufacturing new chip fabrication plants in Arizona. So we're seeing more and more and more of these companies like TSMC and Intel that want to go ahead and fabricate more and more and more chips. So more production capability. It's coming. It's coming. But of course it takes time to build these fabrication plants. TSMC is estimating that their construction projects they're already starting won't be done until the middle of 2022. So I guess the us gamers are just going to have to... Us gamers are pretty much... We're going to wait for... We're going to hope for two things. We are going to hope for either A... That our, that our current gaming equipment holds out for, you know, another year or two. That's probably like the biggest fear. Is that your GPU or your game console dies. Before these shortages end. And of course it also means that if you're a console gamer, well, you have no choice. You've just you just got to wait and hope you can get a hold of an Xbox Series series or a PS5 or just, you know, ignore the launches and just just yeah. PC gamers though, we just got to hope that our current stuff holds out. Or B, we hope that Ethereum tanks if the price of ethereum 
absolutely craters. Then all of a sudden, all these Ethereum miners, well, now it's not profitable to run the GPUs. Now it's actually more profitable to just sell off the tens of thousands of 3,000 series GPUs they're using to mine Ethereum right now off on eBay. A massive surge in supply means that eventually the price has to go down until it meets demand. Someone in chat is saying that by the time the PS5 comes back into production, we'll have a PS5 Slimmer Pro. There actually were some rumors about there being a PS5 Slim going into production next year using a different fabrication technology. And it's speculated they're doing that specifically because the chip because the chip shortage uses an unused section of the fab. And that it would be more efficient. So I, I know that person in chat is like partly joking. But there is some truth to that. Believe it or not. Oh, by the way, there's also rumors that there that there's uh, some next gen PlayStation VR. It's going to be 4K and all sorts of other stuff. It doesn't matter because, of course, it needs a PS5, which you're not going to be able to get for at least another year. Feels bad. Now, let's get into some fun stories. This story right now, this story here from Intel is showing how they have used a next generation AI learning machine to convert Grand Theft Auto V's graphics to look hyper realistic and they're not wrong. It does look very, very realistic. And my God, it also reminds us that, you know, maybe looking very, very realistic isn't a good thing. Because the actual graphics and colors in GTA 5, it, just in their demo, they really pop. They really look good. And then when they apply the, the real-life filter, everything does look very realistic. It does, in fact, look like you are driving down a street on a cloudy, gloomy, overcast day. But that's the problem. It looks like you're driving down a street in a cloudy, gloomy, overcast day. It looks really good. The reflections look really good. The textures look really realistic. But it is kind of a sign that, you know, maybe realistic isn't a good thing. Ooh, boy. 
hot takes there. Here's another hot take. We have some renders of the Google Pixel 6 and 6 Pro that uh, if these leaked rumors are true and this source in the past actually did nail the Pixel 5 design, um, we're going to have a radically looking different uh, Pixel phone on our hands that's using a three-tone design on the back where the main phone is one color except for the Google logo in the middle. There is then a black raised bar that houses your cameras and then an accent color above that. And then, of course, the front is just a sheet of glass with a hole in the center. Here's a hot take for you. I like this design. I have always thought, and I have been very vocal about this, that the design of putting the camera bump in the upper left-hand corner, the way Apple did it, I thought that was a bad way to go, and it was lazy. I've, and I've said it way back when the S10 did exactly what Google is doing here, except to a lesser extent because camera bumps weren't as thick as they are now. But I felt this design of having the bar going from side to side towards, I'd say this is about what? 80 to 90% of the way up the phone. It's almost at the top. Almost. But there's like half a centimeter of space between where the camera bump ends and the top of the phone is. So it's like, it's high up there. But this design, I think, is great. And honestly, every phone copying Apple gets so, so boring. I'm sorry, but everyone just being sheep and copying Apple... It's just dull. It just is. I, for one, am glad to see this change happen. The Pixel 6 is supposed to have only two cameras. The Pixel 6 Pro is going to have three. The Pixels never really had all that many cameras. Like my phone right now, I have a Galaxy, I have a S21 Ultra. Like it's got freaking, it's got four cameras, but it looks like five. Like, it's dangerously close to uh, tripping that uh, that phobia of holes. I used to know what it's called. I don't remember what it is anymore. Honestly, though, I think that has more to do with just it being, like, random holes. So I, for one, am kind of glad to see this. Kind of am. Also, this same, I actually forgot to get the article, but this same uh, leaker also said that there are, they have renders of future MacBook Airs that are going to be in multiple colors, just like the iMac. 
Tripophobia. Thank you, chat. That's what the fear of many holes is. But again, I think that has more to do with uh, the holes being erratically placed. Like Nokia had a phone that had like seven holes in a hexagon pattern on the back. And like, I don't have tripophobia. But God, just seeing the back of that just made me go, ugh. That was not a pleasant looking phone. It just. Like you just had like a sticker of a bee on it. You, you could have easily confused it for being a honeycomb. But anyway, yeah, we could be seeing some MacBook Airs that are multiple colors. So take that for what you will. Bungie accidentally enabled Destiny 2 crossplay. Whoops. They accidentally caused Destiny 2 to be able to be playable across all, all platforms. It wasn't supposed to go live yet. It was only in testing. But someone accidentally enabled it, and they just decided, eh, we'll just leave it up for a little bit. This was not an accident. I don't think this was an accident at all. I think this was intentional, but played as an accident for media attention to get Destiny 2 back in headlines. Because, of course, now you get the headline saying, hey, we accidentally enabled crossplay. But, you know, go go ahead and try it out, kids. As a way to get additional coverage for Destiny 2, of course, but then to also get more people to test it so now they don't have to do internal testing. They can just have the masses test what they accidentally enabled. Oopsie doopsies. But if anything doesn't work, hey, it was an accident. Oopsie daisies. Lol. It's okay. We'll go back to the drawing board and then they'll also get additional coverage later on down the road when they enable it for reels. It's actually kind of smart when you think about it. But again, not an accident. But this brings us to the last burb, the last story of the day, the weirdest story of the week. A neural implant lets a paralyzed person type by imagining their writing. The paralyzed person was able to type at a staggering 90 characters per minute with 99% accuracy by using this implant and just thinking about actually writing. First off, holy cow, that's cool. Second, Oh, God. Oh, God. We are now like one step closer to just becoming part of the computer. And th this is both 
this is amazing and horrifying at the same time. Pretty soon, what else can we control? With the power of thought, how long until we manage to make cybernetic implants that can be controlled by our thoughts using the same technology? Like the fa- like this this is a this is a big step forward. And of course, who is the madman behind this? Who is responsible for what could be the start of the Borg? The company Neuralink started by Elon Musk. You know, we were talking about earlier how uh, certain oddities seem kind of obvious in hindsight. Didn't you think it would be Elon Musk who would be the one who would bring forth mind control technology? And by that, I mean being able to control other things with your mind. Oh, boy. I just... This is both incredible and horrifying. And I cannot stress that enough. Folks, that is going to do it for this episode of Eagle Eyes on Tech. Thank you so much for listening. And, of course, I just want to take this moment to say... Well, thank you, and also, as we also promoted on the Early Bird Briefing, our other podcast, the new anchor system we use does offer for voice messaging, and I do encourage you, check it out, anchor.fm slash eagle eyes on tech, and perhaps down the road, if we get enough of them, we can potentially have a Q&A section integrated into the podcast. Take care and hopefully see you next time. Okay, look, now letting the paralyzed person be able to type is all well and good and all, but, you know, I have a couple of questions. First off, can my brain run crisis? Second, will this technology be able to be used for gaming? Can we use this technology to go ahead and control an MMO character? Can we make Sword Art Online yet? Is Elon Musk going to start Sword Art Online? 
Is Elon Musk going to go ahead and trap us all into, into a sword-based MMO and have us all fight to the death? Should I be more terrified than I actually am? Oh, no. 